it's nothing personal for me. It's just business. The streets of Baltimore, on the streets of Detroit, during the, the 60s in New York City. Immediately within it, you are going to get those people whose differences are not being articulated, which is right us. You expecting any backlash? Oh, I'm already getting it. Oh, yeah. How does that feel? Yo. Y'all know that uh, that fucking song Everybody was kung fu fighting Y'all know that song I do It seems problematic But continue <laughs> <laughs> We can only laugh about The loss of life Which is always tragic And regrettably Seemingly unavoidable When it comes to nation states Which is why we say We gotta be loving our tribes Yo But yo man necessary. We gotta talk about it Who the fuck is this? It's the Mo Man This is Amin Drew Law and Kita Marshall. Yeah, the gang's all here. Yeah, gang, gang. Uh, you want to talk some geopolitics? You want to enter the matrix with some geopolitics? Bruh, so you already know there's been a contentious border uh, dispute between China and India. This went on since the 60s. It's kind of an undeclared, uh, unresolved kind of war. You know what I'm saying? It's low intensity. So they don't be like, all right, let's go to nuclear weapons. But like they really sometimes the Indian forces have fights with the Chinese forces. And recently there was a fight that led to 20 deaths. Skirmish, maybe skirmish, a skirmish. But but I, like when you say skirmish, you think fire fight. And I mean, it was a fight fight. Like, like that Khabib shit we talking about. What is this fucking street fight in America? You I eat you in street fights. Bruh, the fucking Chinese army and the Indian army had mortal combat at, at the peak of the yeah, fucking world. seriously, like throwing people off cliffs and <laughs> throwing stuff Throwing niggas like that. off cliffs, bruh. It was very real. And that's what, yeah, no, nah, it was popping. I did read earlier that they they were like, oh, we're going to keep it cool for now. That's what I was uh, reading when I was doing my follow-up research. So we'll see how long that lasts, right? I mean, essentially, it's these these border, um, it's contested, right? These borders? Yeah, I mean, it's, bruh, it's Gucci and Jeezy, bruh. Dig your homeboy up. <laughs> he can't say shit. What the fuck, man? Like, y'all, how does it go? How does it go that far, right? Like, you like, hey, we're going to try to be calm about this shit. We ain't going to shoot nobody, but we're going to go and talk strongly. <laughs> and you talk, and they be like, hey, you know, I don't want to be the first ones to bust the guns. You know what I'm saying? But look, bro, you ain't going to talk to us like this, bro. And their hands. Yeah. And then 20 motherfuckers throwing off cliffs and shit. Not super terrifying, man. War's hell, right? We got to crack jokes about it because, you know, what else could we do thinking about the potential of war between Three army billion people that live in between China and India, As correct? powerful as China's and an army as powerful as India's. And that shit's probably not even in your fucking news. But it is shit you should know. You know, there's a big conversation surrounding uh, the Uyghur camps and uh, Islamophobia in China. Um, let's remember that India is incredibly Islamophobic as well. You know? Yeah, I mean, think about the region of Kashmir. Like, the motherfuckers are oppressed literally just because it's like, nah, we want to be Muslim. And everybody keeps talking about how China is a fascist state, but India is actually a fascist country, which I feel we've talked about before. One of the, you know, we're in 45 states and 15 countries, by the way. I don't know if you know, we have a big following in India. So shout out to India real quick one time. Yo, yo, hey, y'all, we know, man. Modi a piece of shit, man. Hey, just the world over, man. We know what it's like, bruh. In America, you already know what our situation is like. But for all y'all that's really trying to be righteous and do good in India, man, we know y'all struggle, man. Modi a piece of shit, man. My heart is with y'all, man. If if you want one, we can continue to talk about some geopolitics because some other things are happening. Uh, Turkey and Greece. 
they're also having some issues, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, Turkey's been really contentious because of Erdogan. And, and Right, right. And again, right, these are the reasons why these kind of things matter. For example, how many Americans know Turkey is a full NATO member? So if Turkey and Greece go to war, the United States is obligated by military contract, international contract, to come to the defense of fucking Turkey. So, like, whenever shit is popping off anywhere, man, we need to be aware of that shit. But also... You know, I mean, it's just, wow. Dude, like the Turkey president. Um, Okay, first of all, war is bad. War is bad. <laughs> war is bad. I want to preface this. But the Turkish president had some bars. He was like, they're either going to understand the language of politics and diplomacy or in the field with painful experiences. Yeah. It's like, we started the game we never got to finish. Yeah. It's like, damn, dude, damn. <laughs> Erdogan be dropping them bombs, though, for real. Hey, right, look, I'm not advocating for dude. Absolutely He's a terrible not. Yeah, shit. not advocating. But you remember when he was in D.C. and, like, it was some anti-Turkey protesters and, like, where's that park, bro? The one, like, right across from the White House and shit? No, Lafayette. Lafayette, yeah. yeah. His guards just started beating the shit out of these dudes like dead ass. Like, saying, like, you done fucked up now. You know that, don't All you? these dudes are strong men, man. And we have to acknowledge that. We have to talk about why are there so many strong men that run the world today? Yeah, facts. And we, and you hear everyone always, you know, politicizing and talk about Putin and, and things like this. Man, they all, they, there's so many types of, like you said, these strong men that exist in these places. You know what I'm saying? Were you about to say something? Oh, no. I was just going to say, why are there so many strong? Toxic masculinity. Oh, toxic masculinity. <laughs> Heteronormative patriarchy. Let's yeah, end it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, the pirate. Man, hey, man, your tax dollars at work, yo. The Department of Motherfucking Justice has taken over as lead defense to Air Cheeto to defend him. And uh, what's it, defamation charge? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You got it, yeah. Oh, yes, my God. Defamation lawsuit. Well, I mean, again, it's just this conversation, you know what I'm saying? Powerful white men. Like, uh, how is it now that we are trying to hold people accountable and we're moving towards uh, powerful people should be investigated in the same way that other people are? And we, oh, remember how they always say this thing? They're always like, no one is above the law. And it's like, yeah, but when the law literally comes in to save a person who broke the law, that means that that person is inherently above the law. We have laws against it precisely so we can get away. Yeah, and broke the law before he was ever president so like that's what makes this move such a peculiar one i mean it doesn't because we are this is what fascist governments do they feel that they own corruption keeps us safe and warm every piece of the government possible that it all serves for their egos and then this is just more evidence of it and it's to protect trump against any other claims during this re-election cycle which is (laughs) that makes this even more of a mess so when you're thinking about being you know you're part of the department of justice and you guys are the ones that are essentially picking he's a big part of what happens with all picking the federal judges and now literally the department of justice is your defense that's just extraordinary i mean this is they they always joke about how like it's impossible to parody it because everything is so ridiculous this is beyond the level of what you could even see in house of cards like even in house of cards at the wildest shit that they're doing dude would never get to this level and so it's like real life is more ridiculous than fucking television this is i'm reading this article you know what i'm saying it's 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 that's what they say, a highly unusual legal move. Like, especially like reading a lot of these articles, you know, they just use this very passionate, passive language. Like, oh yeah, it's highly unusual. No, it's illegal. I mean, it is what it is, right? And when we talk about like, what does systemic racism look like? There's no way. I mean, this would be, this alone 
this move would have been the end of an Obama presidency. Facts. It would have been the end. It would have been. And when we talk about, like, what does it mean for a fascist government to come into power? Um, we They've proven time and time again that he doesn't have, none of the rules apply to him. It's not just the laws, but it's like any of the precedents that have been set up, any of the constitutional protections and rights, any of the laws that are in place, they're saying it literally doesn't apply to him anymore. And then what does that mean? What are the implications on a grander scale when we're talking about this election, when we're talking about the next policies that he's putting in place? And like literally as he's breaking the law, the most amazing part of all of this is he's running as a law and order candidate. Like the imagination of that is spectacular. I feel like I went to this Oh, gosh, I really wish I could remember it, but I did want go to this, I know, this bougie-ass university lecture. <laughs> <laughs> I know, we can laugh about that, but um, what was really fascinating about it, because it was talking about whiteness and also how whiteness occupies both victim and hero. And I see that play out in a lot of white people, particularly in this, because it's like, he's the victim. How dare anybody accuse him of rape or defamation? Or like, how do they say all these terrible things about him that are true, but that aren't true? And then he can also play the cowboy hero of, I am rallying during this election to make sure that I stay in office for you. And you're looking at all of these rhetorical constructions of where they straddle the line like this. And it's just like, from a rhetorical perspective, fascinating to watch. From a political perspective, completely horrifying. But it's brilliant. And you have to acknowledge that, right? Because while he's using this, he's literally building a legal track record to be like, look at all of these attacks that came at me while I was the president. This is what kept me from being your great president. This is why I should get another term. This is why I should get another term. This is why I should get another term. This is why I should be Caesar. Yeah, facts. It's fucking, and that's how you become dictator for life. Reiterate, like, when you were talking about Obama, you know what I'm saying? Like, when you are a white man, like, you know, this is what rape culture is stems from. You know, again, we, we were talking about this when we were had the OG Council uh, interview. You know, we were talking about how, like, all of these oppressive ideologies really stem back into white supremacy. So you're seeing, you know, Donnie J. It's like, yeah, like, this dude, everything he's ever done wrong, you know what I'm saying, has to be apologized for and massaged away. Like, this is, like, what you do is you fail up as a white man. Like, no matter what happens, like, the system will come to, like, coddle you and pacify you and apologize for you. Right, and this on the heels of that memo. You know, racism doesn't exist, patriarchy doesn't exist, misogyny doesn't exist. I mean, he focused on the race part, but he was really saying that, no, everybody's equal, and I'm just more equal than you guys are. So I can escape all of these. (laughs) Right. This should be dead-ass animal farm, bro. If he is not the fucking pigs, man, four legs bad, two legs bad, four legs good, except for when we do two legs, two legs is good now, we down with this shit. He totally the fucking pigs, man. And it's so Orwellian, but that's where we at now with this shit. Nah, big fact, big facts. I feel like we haven't went off on Donnie J in a while. You know, we really been in our bag with everything else. But this dude, it's just endless, you know, endless, endless stuff. I mean, because we talk about this old fucking Griff King ass fucking Biden. I did nothing wrong. 
I carried out the That's policy. That's how these motherfuckers are that fucking binary, bro. Like, oh, don't get it twisted, bro. We hate air fucking Cheeto too, yeah. bro. Yeah, I just want to like, just remind this y'all. This shit like, go beyond fucking saying, okay, that this shit is unaccountable, unacceptable. What the fuck? Nah, straight up fascist demigod, man. One of the most violent people ever in the history of the world, you know? So, Facts. bang, bang. So, um, are y'all good? Can we move on to the next thing? Yes, there's God, there's so much as happening. <laughs> It's just how can we fit all stuff in the back? You know how much stuff we cut when we sit in Oh, man. I don't want to think about you guys fitting stuff. Let's just move on. Oh, man, that's a reach. Anyway, Tita, you got you trying to jump up, uh, talk about what's next. Yes. This guy is embarrassing me <laughs> over here with his reaching ass. I digress. I love you, man. I love you, man. Yeah. So um, the city of Portland, Oregon, has banned local government agencies and public-facing businesses from using facial recognition technology for surveillance. Yeah. Uh, it's a historic ban because it's usually been limited to, like I said, federal or local government agencies. But this means that if you're a bank, a local pizza restaurant, that you cannot use facial recognition tech on anyone within Portland city limits. So, yes, we should applaud that because facial recognition is terrible. And we know that probably what urged... Portland to do this is because when we're talking about the Department of Justice, Homeland Security, ICE, they've been using this to round up Portland protesters. Facts. (laughs) Portland protesters to then charge them with disturbing the peace, assaulting police officers, uh, even with people wearing masks, they've been using the facial recognition uh, tech to essentially pull people up, swipe them off the streets. I think everybody's heard about it. Like, so I want to talk about the good news part of this, which is that facial recognition technology should not be used. There's no reason that we need this level of big brother surveillance anywhere in the world. Okay, this is not limited to the United States of America. Nobody should have Nobody this technology, should have this. quite It's honestly. like Lucius Fox in there. This is wrong. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> hey, but Batman did that shit anyway, yes, he didn't did. he? I thought he was the hero. And it made him the hero. Yeah, we can't forget that. That They were like, oh, this makes him the hero. But we have to be cautious, too, because people are like, this is going to be the single fix to all of it. Because once this gains enough traction, of course, it's going to be the what happened right after September 11th, where they were like, well, if you don't have anything to hide. Literally from a president that spent maybe hundreds of millions of dollars on lawyers just to make sure his tax receipts are never released. Right. What the fuck? (laughs) Right. But if you ain't got nothing to hide, right? Yeah. And let's not forget that our wonderful mobile cellular devices are constantly tracking us and are their own forms of surveillance technology. And that those are not. Yeah, it's a small, you know, I think it's one of those things where it's just a a overwhelming uh, amount of bad news that when you get this little small sliver of hope or it's like, yay, one city, you know, made this part of facial recognition illegal, which they're probably going to find a way around anyway. Yes. You know, it's, it's again, it's like a path to like what we want our candidates to support. Like we want you to say. You know, we are not interested in facial recognition. We were talking about protesting. I had a conversation with one of my friends uh, and they were saying like, you know, hey, fam, when you go out to these protests, you need to be masked up, glasses up, hoodie up, because 
like you were saying, Kita, when it first started, they were just pulling people over, making checking their tags. You know what it is, man. Yep. I be driving with suspended tags, suspended license, all of that stuff. You know, sometimes you got tickets you can't pay. It's a, a part of tax on the poor type situation, and they lock your ass up. Yeah, like that's what they they do first, and then as we see a few months later, like you said, they picking you right off the street. Why? Because that facial recognition uh, uh, information is there. Do y'all remember when we went to the museum? <laughs> museums, remember that? Oh my God! I would not, no, yeah, museums. No, oh, no, no, no. Don't speak on it. Speak but on it. No, I remember because I know exactly what you're going to talk about. Where we watched that video of uh, where it was showing how facial re- uh, t- recognition technology works, how it maps the the planes of your mm-hmm. face, and then makes conjectures. And it's gotten the technology has gotten so good that even wearing a mask, they can approximate what you oh look like. God. And yo, it's so much wilder than that. Because the machine, not only can they do this, they can do this in under a minute. Normally about 20 seconds is all it takes to get made. And then past that, it's using every other micro expression to approximate what they assume your emotional state is. Happy, sad, angry, nervous, anxious, happy, happy, anxious. And and so it's interesting too, um, because uh, just to play, you know, I like to be like, you know, Mr. Conspiracy over here. You know, when you use uh, you know, Instagram or using Snapchat or using any of these applications that, uh, you know, map your face and change it into something else. There's a lot of things that you are agreeing to when you do that. And they can use that information as we see uh, places like Google and Facebook and Amazon get a profile of you. And then what they can do is they can monetize that, sell that to the government, call it security, quote unquote. And now everybody got your information. It's not conspiracy theory, though. That's exactly what Facebook did. Right. Everybody <laughs> uploaded all of their photos to Facebook. In fact, Facebook used all of our photos that we uploaded to refine facial recognition technology because at first it couldn't recognize people of color. That's how, you know, our systems are racist, right? And I was like, oh, that's nice though. I like that they can't figure out that I'm black and Asian. But now because of Facebook and all of these algorithms, they know exactly who you are. They're like ancestry.com all up in your shit. Yeah, they know who your granddaddy is. Yo, and this is literally right because you have all your lineage on fucking Facebook. You have all your connections relations and friends ancestry.com probably got that information backlogged also i mean this is what edward snowden talked about Mm. he talked about this almost a decade ago like when he was saying like if y'all knew what the fuck facebook was nobody would use this shit you know it's in the fucking court it just came out that this this metadata collection in federal court was ruled unconstitutional and yet it's still happening because now it just means, well, the government shouldn't do it. So now they're going to outsource it. We have laws against it precisely so we can yep. get away with it. Yeah, you know, so... <laughs> we live in such an ominous world. You know, it's as like, Sauron oh. uses the, uh, you know, that big globe to touch you and see exactly what's uh, what's going on. You know, it's oh, uh, yeah. American government. Uh, anything more to say about facial recognition? Let's style on them. With me, please. Oh, you mad because I'm styling on them. Okay, so styling on him. I'm just gonna make a confession that, like, when I was growing up, I did watch Buffy, the Vampire Slayer, yeah, Angel, the series. Buffy. Okay, I loved like supernatural shows. Joss Whedon is a piece of shit, though. <laughs> okay, so uh, of course, Jason Momoa is well, no, Ray Fisher, who plays Cyborg in the um, <laughs> soon to be recut, I don't know, uh, movie Justice League, Justice League. the real version this time. We're not playing for like, reals, not for funsies, right? The remix. I- <laughs> the remix. 
Wait, is it a remix? It's probably the original. I don't know. <laughs> it's the new, new, new 52. There's really only five. Is that a fact? <laughs> That's true. I digress. So, uh, in, in all seriousness, Ray Fisher came forward about how he was mistreated by Joss Whedon. Because we all know that Zack Snyder got cut from the production. Joss Whedon stepped in to take over. Fucked it all up. I mean, he's been fucking up media for a really long time. But because white dudes fail up, Joss Whedon comes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Joss Whedon failed (laughs) all the way up the elevator. And Jason Momoa, of course, came out in support. But, you know, this all ties into because a lot of um, black actors in particular, but actors of color have stepped forward to say, hey, so, you know, Disney and Marvel and Netflix and DC keep profiting off of, hey, we have a black person in our cast. We have um, somebody who is Hawaiian in our cast. We have somebody who's Asian in our cast. They're not taking into account that Asia is a whole ass continent. I digress. Yeah, the country of Asia. <clears throat> yeah, the whole country of Asia. Um, That they have all of these actors of color coming in. They promote the roles of these actors of color is that they're supposed to be the lead. And then it comes out behind the scenes that, of course, these actors of color have had zero support. So it's like diversity and inclusion, but only on the surface makeup level rather than on the deeper level. Because another example of this is John Boyega stepped forward and said, Mm -hmm. my time on Star Wars was trash. (laughs) They want me to come out here and say I had a great time. I love this opportunity. But the fact is, is that him and Kelly Marie Tran got treated like absolute garbage. And that Disney didn't do anything to protect them. In fact, Disney cut them from the lead of the film in order to cater to their virulently racist fan base. I see, and it just always goes on. It goes with know your place, know your role, right? Like, I'm not a racist. Josh Whedon, you know, he's that Tarantino kind of racist where he thinks about what a progressive guy he is, where he's beyond, do you know what I did for women? Which is ironic, because all he did right was write this, this Supernatural TV show. But, like, Charisma Carpenter came forward years and years and years ago saying, hey, he actually treated me like shit when I got pregnant. And then, you know, he is essentially, God, he was so awful to her during the final days of her production and then ended up killing her character off, which let's face it, that's how a lot of these white men and white producers and white media purveyors end up getting rid of people. Nicole Bahari of Sleepy Hollow kind of tried to come forward, but she talked about how she was essentially blackballed. We could talk about American gods, how they came forward and were like, hey guys, they're going to cut us. In fact, they wouldn't have even talked about black people and the black struggle if it were not for us. Now that they've capitalized, they're getting rid of us. I mean, think about how in the first Iron Man, Terrence Howard was roadie. And he was like, yo, pay me like you pay RDJ. And they're like, hey, we'll replace your ass. And did. I want to say, in fact, a, it's not a show I watch. What is it? Is it Insecure? Because I feel like that's just... Yeah, I'm yeah, your yeah. Insecure person. I watch it. I'm part of the site, guys. because right, didn't the black cast say, hey, we found out that for a show centered around blackness, black community, black people, they still weren't getting paid as much as their white counterparts and their white actors. And so then they were like, I can't stay on this show where... You want to capitalize on my blackness, but still not pay me? It goes back to 
Yeah, boy, Matt Damon saying that diversity is in the casting, not well, the we're writing. We're talking about diversity. We're talking about diversity, and again, literally so- to a black woman, bro. Like, how the fuck do you like unironically, bro? Look at her and be like, I'm trying to tell you, I'm trying to teach you. Uh, but it's it, it it brings me right back to that. And I was watching a very good friend of mine, one of my favorite comedians, DMV uh, comedian Rallo Boykins, and he was saying he was watching the show Woke, and he was saying like it feels like one of those shows where it's predominantly black, but it's still made for white people. And I think what happens is, and you can say that a lot about a lot of different shows where it's like, because the writers or because uh, the producers or because the script writers, because all these people are white, just because you have a black cast, it doesn't mean that it's a show for people of color. Well, ask yourself, right? Why white people were more comfortable watching the Cosby show than good time. Like, and it's all out there by, and both of these are like major American media shows, right? This is way before, before cable exists so it's already within the framework of what you can get away with on a network yet simply just the socioeconomic status of these kind of black people clearly this is a show for black people to watch i mean yeah and the way they treat it because of course like because i remember the arguments that came out about john boyega which is that like hey shut up Right. But also that you're an actor who makes millions of dollars. Why do you want millions more? And people lambasted him for that, for speaking out against his experiences, for participating actively in protests, for being radicalized because of the the things that he had to face, the things that he had to endure. And it's so twisted how these arguments always happen against black. Because, I mean, like emotion, I encounter this a lot, too, because what happens in February? Well, why isn't there a white person's history month? Why? Isn't there a Native American Indigenous Peoples Month? And it's like, okay, first of all, why do you got to shit on black people in order to get your own goddamn month, which you fucking have? Like, and I don't think people understand how they play into white supremacist values when they're they are essentially finding any reason to shoot down a black person who speaks up about the injustice that they face. I mean, look, look at the UFC, right? Look at fucking John Jones. He's like, yo, bruh, they was dead ass just giving me cars. Like, I should have been stupid rich, bruh. I haven't lost a fight. In a fucking decade. I'm a perfect fighter who has never been defeated in the octagon. But when I ask for Conor McGregor money, a motherfucker has been knocked out, motherfucker has been choked out, motherfucker has done been, you know, absolutely submitted. He's been humiliated in the ring, but you know, he's fucking Conor McGregor. And like there's no deeper interrogation as to why one character sells same kind of problems. I would say worse problems for Conor, because John Jones has ran into people and John Jones drinks and drives, but Conor McGregor is alleged to be sexually assaulting people. Several times. Several times. Several Beating up old fucking men. Yep. And again, he gets to follow up, just like you were saying, Keita. Yeah, yeah, all of them get to follow up. And it's just, so Ray Fisher, you know, and of course, immediately, Warner Brothers was like, hey, you're right, Joss Whedon treated you like shit. How Bad did man. you lay off everybody else, though? And Ray Fisher was like, fuck no. that. I'm not doing that. All y'all are the problem. And it's true, because all of these black people have had to take a step back have either had to say like I walk away from the project and then you know what Hollywood is like any white man's club where it's like hey well we had difficulties 
with Ray Fisher. Yeah. And then yeah. he doesn't get another acting role ever again. And the same thing with John Boyega. John Boyega just was up front. He's like, I'll probably never get hired again, but fuck that. I'm going to be out here protesting in these streets. I'm going to be out here talking about what a trash situation I had to face in Star Wars, all the racism that I had to face, all of these people coming up in my DMs talking about there can't be black stormtroopers. So now let's talk about what it means to go to war with Warner Brothers, right? Warner Brothers controls is, is ultimately an AT&T subsidiary. I mean, break it down. Okay, so um, as I look here, you know, we have a crack team of researchers over there. Uh, you know, hit us up at ExitTheMatrixPodcast at gmail.com if you're uh, interested in maybe uh, doing some interning work, you know what I mean? Because uh, we do need more people to add to our crack team of researchers. So uh, my crack team, when we looked up the – I first looked up – or I'm sorry, the crack team, not me. I would never do that. I got, I'm got i the producer. I got things to do. When the crack team looked up <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Warner Media, Black people got to do crack, huh? No Mary and Barry ass. I'm a <laughs> Set up, bro. Set up, right. bro. Set me up. Set me up. Wow. So I'm looking at this. All right. So Warner Brothers is not even its own company. It's a subsidiary of AT&T. Now, AT&T owns. This is this is just what the crack team came right. up with. Drum okay. Roll, please. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Direct TV. Bing. CNN. Bing. Of course, Warner Media, which owns HBO, Cinemax, Fandango, the uh, ticket service, which I guess. You know, we don't know how profitable that's going to be, but extreme poverty. <laughs> but how about this? How about this? Rotten Tomatoes. So they own the movies and they own the apparatus to review movies. I'm the guy that you buy. Are you so fucking blind you don't even see to review what movies? I am? To review, okay. Just uh, wanted to be clear on that. Yeah, hey, we got plenty more. We got plenty more. How about TMZ? You know what I'm saying? To talk trash about the celebrities that they hire that they don't like. Uh, DC, <laughs> DC Films and DC Entertainment. That is a pretty humongous corporation right there. Cartoon Network. TNT, TBS, The CW, True TV, Crunchyroll. Crunchyroll? They own Crunchyroll? You thought Crunchyroll was a, a, Crunchyroll was a, uh, a small business, didn't you? You know oh, what I mean? That's the shit that just hurt your fucking soul. I got suckered. See, it can happen to you too. It can. It can. <laughs> and for those for those gamers out there, WB Games, Rockstar Studios, and uh, NetherRealm Studios. Yeah, hurts my shit, heart. Them shits be banging, bro. That Shadow of Mordor, Shadow of War shit. You know, I'm a Mortal Kombat person. Yeah. And just games, to let baby. you know, this is what happened when, you know, they rolled back all of the uh, deregulation on the monopolies. AT&T bought up everything that it had before it was broken apart. I'm a capitalist. Yeah, I mean, that's impossible to remember that we live in a world where Ronald Reagan's presidency broke AT&T up. They're like, yeah, you guys are uh, kind of doing too much. <laughs> yeah. and, and then now look at him, bro. Wow. Shit. So, so yeah. So we I, have. I, but maybe, maybe, you know, what about the guys that, uh. You know, the piss off Disney, man. What's, what's Disney looking like? <laughs> so it's funny, you know, we all. So again, I, 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 this was first supposed to be about, you know, how Disney owes your childhood and owns everything. But as I, I yeah. looked and I realized, I was like, oh, okay, Warner Brothers owns a lot. But you want to talk about the big dogs over here? Yeah, let's the, hear it. The, the, the mouse. Okay, so it's less stuff, but this stuff is all like crazy huge. So first, they own Walt Disney Pictures, <laughs> which includes. Marvel Studios, Lucasfilms, 20th Century Studios, Pixar, Searchlight, Touchstone. They just bought Fox. They have ABC, FX, ESPN, the Disney Plus streaming service, Hulu uh, streaming service, A&E, Freeform, and National Geographic. Now, 
corruption keeps us safe. Were you going to say something? Were you going to jump in? Well, when we're talking about like what happens to black actors or, or really even the few, the monumentally minuscule microscopic number of white actors who step forward publicly, where the fuck are they supposed to go if D- AT&T and Disney own all of these properties? They really are getting run out of the business. Fitness. If they don't step in line, if they don't walk lockstep and say, hey, it was so great working for this racist company. Thank you for being racist against me and oppressing me. I super appreciated it, guys. Make believing yeah and um that's not i mean listen when the crap when the when our team our team our research team was doing this hours of research (laughs) feeding it to me you know what i'm saying they're like hey boss and i was like hey what's up crack team and they were like hey we can't even include all this stuff but you know it goes deeper than that because not only do they own all the things they have the capital to keep paying the people to stay with them. I mean, when I was, sorry, the crack team was looking up all of this stuff. <laughs> right, this crack team. That crack you're, team you're, that I mean was overseeing. Crack team that I'm overseeing, you know, I'm a very important person, okay? Um, hundreds of real estate holdings. We didn't even talk about the resorts, Disneyland, Disney World. But they got a Disney World in China. I, didn't, I had no idea. Advertising companies, retail companies, publishing companies, corporate services, and these are geo companies. You know, they exist around the world. So like you said, with Ray Fisher, it's like, what are you really fighting against something Disney huge? Disney has the ability to make you the most popular person in the world. That's just how much access they have to the human population all over the world. And also all of the capital to keep your wages suppressed. Mm. Extreme poverty. Sure that you get absolutely no protections as a worker to make sure that you do not unionize so that you can get your labor rights, like consistent uh, work schedule, time off, vacation that they should pay out to you, or even the big one in the midst of COVID-19, health insurance and health care. This is what we always try to do, man. People be talking about how do you engage with the right how do you engage with the left look i look at things from a human point of view bro and this is what i gotta say bro like it's not no no one person is making your life fucking terrible bro it's fucking organizations that are making your life terrible and so like you should be able to come together with everybody because this shit you could come together with about like everybody should have health care how can this be a controversial idea you you know something happens to you you should be able to go to a hospital where we have the technology to fucking fix you And your shit be fixed. And, like, because I think what people expect, too, is that because these corporations have so, have hoarded so much of the wealth, like, let's emphasize that. They've hoarded so much of the wealth. Yeah, that they'll be benevolent and that it'll trickle down. And I I always want to say that every law in the book, when we're talking about laws against child labor, when we're talking about, hey, maybe people shouldn't have to work 12 hours a day, maybe people should have time off, that, hey, maybe you shouldn't dump your toxic corporate waste into our rivers and our... Where are we going to dump our sludge next? Into our drinking water supply, that it's because people died for them, that if a corporation has a choice between a human beings, well-being, health, and safety, they're going to always choose profits that there is no way to make these people philanthropic there's no way to make them benevolent there's no way to make them care about our communities or us as individuals worthy of being alive they don't give a shit and now that they own everything they give even less of a shit and because they own everything they can outright buy governments which they have yeah who gonna stop
stop him. And, and so uh, originally what we were talking about this was, you know, Ray Fisher was being supported by Jason Momoa, you know, shout out Aquaman. And, and we talking about like these actors and like unions, how important those are and like solidarity and coalition. Like, you know, it made me feel good to see, you know, Ray Fisher come out and, and you know, keep a hard line, not not allow, you know, him to be like, not allow himself to be, you know, pacified by like, oh yeah, well, Josh Whedon, he, he actually is trash. Like that's specifically what he was saying. Like, oh, they were whispering to him that they didn't like Josh Whedon, um, you know, so that's going to be enough. No, he, he, he stood, the, you know, his ground yep. and Jason Momoa backed him up. And that's the type of things that we want to see, um, you know, from uh, all artists, you know, coming together and, and, and standing for each other. All people, organized all labor. <laughs> yeah, because I just think about it, like when I'm talking to my friends about working in retail and how they have to deal with these horrendous people and their managers of course don't back them up that they're like hey yeah we got a t- they took away our our 50 cent raise but to thank us for working during covid they gave us a 10 cent raise permanently and it's like wait what the fuck are you serious <laughs> poverty and this is something that can't be reformed. I mean, it just can't. Corporations have acted this way since the inception of corporations. You know, when you look at the fact that just a full circle of shit, you have the British East India Company running India in quote unquote Britain's name, creating products in India to create conflict with China, which also the British East India Corporation has fucking uh, exclusive rights to creating conflict that exists all the way back up to today where you have motherfuckers kung fu fighting on the top of mountains throwing each other off full circle listen i'm not ready i'm not done yet i'm not done yet i, I feel like we having such a good conversation i want to keep it going mo man kita do you remember way back when we first started our very first episode you know what it was called i do not sir well my crack team knows. And <laughs> Yay, that crack team. Yeah, they just hit me up. Just say no. That's what fucking Nancy fucking Reagan taught me. Look, crack team, not crack smoking. I smoke. <clears throat> Everything I do is legal, okay? Never done anything illegal. I did nothing legal. wrong. But uh, the first one was Grammys to American Interventionalism. And we talked a lot about the Grammys and we talked about the Oscars as well. And specifically talking about union busting. Actually, do you know how the Grammys were started shall i indulge you please do yes sir. thank you um <clears throat> the crack team research that gave me this so <laughs> um why are you laying off credit it, it's your work on like your I'm just a humble servant I'm just a humble servant <laughs> i mean is the greatest crack researcher phenomenal <laughs> um thank knows you. where to find thank the data you. and information dropping my hair down and flinging hey you better me. ask gary webb what it is to investigate crack Exactly. All right. So as we uh, continue to move forward, um, so back to Grammys and American interventionalism. Grammys were started in the beginning because essentially actors and like set designers and gaffers and all those things, they were coming together to create a union. So, of course, these major picture companies were like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know what we should do? We should give the actors a union and what we're gonna do is we're gonna celebrate them with the oscars and now look at we're in a union and we're celebrating each other and we're gonna pay for it and it's gonna be no problem and then the actors got wind of this they dropped their obligations to be in a union with the non-actors you know but the people who still work in there yeah and that is how the oscars were started even till today 
this is uh, one of the biggest um, uh, dividers when we talk about uh, uh, the power dynamics that exist in Hollywood. And and this is the thing, again, right, when you're looking at fucking Republican news, it's like, oh, look at all these liberals in Hollywood. This is as conservative as it gets, man. Crush fucking labor, maximize profit. John Boyega, he's saying, I know this is going to ruin me. And that's the decisions that you have to make as artists. as And like you said, Kita, as people in general, like, we got to be willing to, like, say no to things. You know, I love... My homie Travis Scott, I, I love him. You know, I watched him do a McDonald's commercial the no, other day. Oh, no. You know? And, uh, you know, I'm not here for to, to cancel people, but it's like, you know, man, sometimes you really just got to turn down a check. Like, Extreme I know we talk poverty. about this a lot, Mo Man. The like, Dragon's Deal. The Dragon's you Deal. You gotta say no. Yeah, facts. But it's become so hard because we don't have organized labor. Because, like, you know, when we talk about the civil rights movements, everybody's like, yeah, they got on a bus and then they stopped the bus and, you know, Ended racism. black people had rights. Yeah. They ended racism and stopped segregation. And the fact is, is and we have to see this as part of the propaganda, too, because it's like, no, organized labor means work, okay? We work to shut down shit, but also to support each other. And, of course, the propaganda against it is it's like, well, why would you pay $20 a year? Like, that's all your money. If that's all your money, then you absolutely need yeah. organized labor, right? Um, But it's like... Because you pay into union dues, what union dues did then was like, hey, we're going to go on strike and we're going to withhold our labor until corporations and management step the fuck up, do the right thing. And because of the union dues, that means we can pay you guys to not work, make sure that you get the groceries that you need, the health care that you need, that your family's going to be set because you paid your union dues. So we're not going to work for two months. And that's going to be Gucci. And it's like... Cause and even, what you going to do about it? And what you going to do about it? Because you're going you're gonna to give us our rights. And, and like, that's the thing. It, it, but that's what organized labor does. And that's why all of these corporations and companies and even the government keep breaking it up. Because... Just like the Grammys, they split you apart along the seams. Hey, mm. actors, are you sure you really want to you want to be with those props people, the makeup artists? Because you are an actor. An actor. You're so important. Very important. And like, and I see that happening to now because like. White collar workers are like, well, why should the McDonald's drive through worker get $15 an hour? I only make 18. Well, bitch, you should get paid more too, and you should organize with the McDonald's worker. But also, let's not minimize physical labor because that shit is exhausting. Thanks. If you have ever worked fast food, that shit is exhausting, and not everybody can do it. Fuck what you heard. You know what I'm saying? You can't stand up on your feet for an hour straight. Fuck you talking about? You got to stand up on your feet for eight hours. You got to stand over this hot-ass stove, flame. You could touch it and burn the shit out of yourself. People yelling at you. You can't say shit back. Are you kidding? It's, it's mentally exhausting. It's spiritually exhausting. You come home, you smell like oil every day. Every day. Every fucking day. Like, man, put some respect on food service because them motherfuckers out there making your food. Yeah, and, and sometimes you ever just pull up. I do this always when I go to the Checkers by New York Avenue. Shout out to Checkers. I love their fries. Uh, pay us, please. Uh, I, um, we're still here. You know what I'm saying? We're still here waiting for our sponsorship. You know, we are, like, again, we're willing to sell out for the right. We have a number. That's all I'm going to say. We do have a number. Uh, but, you know, every time I pull up to that checkers, I get this a lot, too, when I go to the South and I'm at the cookout. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, shout out to cookout as well. Also, <laughs> sponsorship. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, sometimes people are really excited to give you your food, you know, and they're just there. And how, what kind of shake do you want? And if they ever make a mistake, they're so kind. They're so sweet to you. It's like, and y'all doing this for $13 an hour. You know, like these are the true backbone hey, of our society. Some places you're doing it for seven twenty-five an hour. Oh, Let's, shit, yeah, because I'm from the north, I'm north, northeast. Yeah, you, know you saying? are. And in That's the a blind deep spot. south, they're lucky to be getting. And, and I think seven twenty-five is a recent upgrade because finally they were like, and I mean, wages get suppressed, right? Because even on the East Coast, everybody, you're like, oh yeah, you make $15 an hour. That's great. And your rent is $2,800 for a two bedroom. So <laughs> good job. See how we paid you? Yeah. Yeah. But this is why organized labor across industries, across job titles is incredibly important for us. Like if everybody on fucking Amazon United to be like, hey, whether you're a manager or you're a warehouse picker, we're going to form organized labor you guys would stop shit okay because that dude made a billion dollars why are you as a warehouse manager or, or even if you're sitting in your corporate amazon office why are you shitting on the people who are working for le- some in some cases really less than minimum wage when you take into account the hours that they're getting that they're not getting hazard pay that they're not getting overtime pay because corporations yeah, they don't even get PPE. And like corporations will totally tell you like, oh, just work overtime because don't you love the company? Isn't it your passion? And that's part of the propaganda We're family. too. More family. family. Here's a pizza party. Hey guys, well, I got you a cake for your birthday. Isn't that better than a living wage? And 7-Up. We brought 7-Up with ice with the styrofoam cups. Yeah, we're great. We're a great company. Why would anyone ever be anti-labor? I mean, uh, how many sense. of us are owners? We're not owners. We're workers. You know, think about this. People think about there are three classes, the upper class, the middle class, and the lower class. But that's a lie. There's only two classes. There's the working class and the class that doesn't work. And unfortunately, people have changed your whole understanding of what that is. When I say the class that doesn't work, you think about homeless people. You think about poor people. But largely, that is made up of people that inherit. Landlords, stock owners, owners. That is a class that does not work. They make their money work for them. They make you into living capital. And the class that does not work makes way more money than the class that works. Oh, man, and you said it. Because I read this really great article that was talking about uh, this guy who said, I knew things were going to shit when they changed... They created the human resources department, and we're about to see another name shift in that division and that department to human capital department. And like, what does that mean? That completely erases the human being and the individual from all of the work that gets done. It's just like, you're just one more number, one more tool that we have to use in order to make ourselves more money. So what you're saying is, you know, revolution on the way, Big you know, and uh, I just wanted to mention this to bring it back to the Hollywood situation as we're talking about, you know, Ray Fisher and Jason Momoa. Like, wouldn't you agree? Both incredible actors that we would love to see oh, on yeah. cinema and TV. You know, they, they really are, you know, really uh, talented people out here and, and you're not allowing them to do their job. And someone that that really hurts me to see gone from Hollywood because they've been blackballed. One of the best actresses on the planet. Monique. Absolutely. And she just won her lawsuit against Netflix. But again, right, when white dudes do this, they're just strong willed and they're yeah. they're given to their art. Wasn't uh the dude uh Christopher Nolan? The the Batman, not the dude that did it. Uh, um 
You mean the, the director or no, the actor? No, the, the Batman. What's Christian name? Bale. Christian Bale. Batman. How many videos we got of this dude up there? Berating like literally people. riding. He talks to you in a way where it's like, bro, we got to throw hands You have now. to see me now. Are you fucking serious? On sight. Yeah. You know Keita's about that shit. <laughs> he ain't never going to have to worry about a job. Now, let's look. I mean, you know. Jared Leto. Oh, that's gross. Still got mad work, right? How is he not <clears throat> hard to work with? Not that we can cancel people, but, you know, again, still getting movies. They paid him to leave as Joker, which is to show you how incredibly toxic this Hollywood stuff is. Remember, we were talking about doing um, our first ever video essay of the problematic nature of Peter Quill. And, and the director, uh, James Gunn, who's a freaking weirdo, a pervert, a pedophile, who gets to instill those ideologies uh, of whiteness into these spaces. And, and then we wonder why they're not good at working with black people and people of color. Yep. Big facts. Um, so uh, that was the greatest podcast of all time, right? Heck yeah. Holy shit, yeah. Great conversation, guys. No, hey, no matter how angry you get, promise me in the next week. You will not throw any motherfucker off a cliff. <laughs> like, the fucking Himalayas. Hey. You're asking Keita to dude, promise that? I Look, there are many tools in an individual's arsenal, and I just don't want to eliminate any that I might need for the revolution, okay? Like, why do you guys want me to give up shit that we need for the revolution? Okay? Well, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I need the whole toolbox, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. Like, all options on the table. Nah, facts. But, uh, you know, shout out to you and, and love your stuff. Were you about to hop on the mic, Mo Man? I mean, you know, I just got a lot of respect for Indian culture. I got a lot of respect for Chinese culture. I just hope they work it the fuck out. Yeah, no facts. <laughs> I would like to live. Because, again, right, white supremacy is not understanding that China and India can also end life on Earth. That's a damn fact. Any European country being involved. Like, please don't think that these are not advanced, very powerful right. nations. And let's remember what's happening with Turkey. Let's remember what's happening in Greece. And also, there is a lot of other places that are popping off at all times. I mean, we were talking about Yemen. We are talking about yep. Saudi Arabia. Let's talk yep. about India and there and, and Pakistan when it comes to the the, the border wars yep. and the, you know a lot of stuff out there. So geopolitically, stay woke. Yeah, facts. Exit the Matrix Podcast at gmail.com if you want to be a part of the crack research team or have something that you might be able to to contribute. Of course, you know uh, we're gonna get a Patreon or something soon so people can start supporting us because uh, we're not rich. We're working class, not ruling class. Extreme poverty. Uh, Matrix Podcast on Facebook. Matrix Pod- Matrix Podcast on Instagram. Uh, Matrix Podcast on Twitter. Also, if you want to run our Twitter, you know, we'll uh, abilities that you have in doing that. So, uh, Crack Research Team, Twitter, all of those good things. Um, I, I care for you deeply. Amin Drew Law, aka Amin Habibi, plus size model, pronouns he, him. Anything y'all need to say? Organized labor, y'all. Organize. Hey, baby. Hey, baby. Hey, baby. Extreme poverty. Yeah.